Chomp Nation, welcome to another episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast from Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you'll feel your voice go down to this nice, low, gravelly point, and suddenly, you're in an anime. How does that even happen? Well, I don't know, but I just know that if you're here and this is your first time listening, thank you so much for being here and checking out the show. It means the world to us. And if you have a free moment, if you could hit the subscribe button, that would help us immensely as we continue to get the Sword Chomp name out there. We have an awesome, really fun show lined up today. This is part two of the episode that we recorded yesterday. We know it's a little bit weird, but go with us. Uh, We decided to split up the game talk and the topic this week to try something new and to also accommodate some technical issues that happened yesterday that are perfectly okay today. So today we're going to be talking about voice acting in video gaming and what makes a performance exquisite and special to each and every one of us. And we have a special guest that we're going to be introducing a little bit later. I'm really excited for that. But let's get into some intros so you can listen and be enamored and be just enticed with. We have first Mr. Rich Meister hailing in from New York. Uh, Rich, I think this is your time to shine because not only are we going to be talking about video games, we're talking about voice acting, which kind of bleeds into anime. So this is, I think, as close as we're going to get on the show to anime. (laughs) This is the, finally, my time to shine. Um, I'm sorry, I'm exhausted. I had to look at Randy Pitchford for way too long today. Um, I think think if anybody has to look at him, it's for too long. His shirt was so bombastic. His shirt was a thing. His shirt was a thing that existed, but I mean... I, we could focus on that because uh, at the time of this recording, E3 started today. Or we could focus on that amazing, amazing showcase from Devolver, which was the highlight of the day, easily. Go, yeah, for, for day one, for sure, there was, um, they set the, I do miss the days where their showcase would be at like one in the morning, and I was the only Destructoid staffer who would stay up to cover it, uh, you know, putting them in a, in a primetime time slot it loses some of the magic for me it was like the adult swim of e3 happening at fucking 2 a.m well the nice thing is granted you had this kind of exclusive area in destructoid when you would do that but now you're amongst better people i, I, st- I, I still talk to a lot of those people i don't <laughs> <laughs> well with that kind of endorsement i'm happy you're here rich in some way shape or form um next we have the man who just couldn't put down the wieners before we uh, recorded the podcast. Uh, after watching the Devolver showcase, he himself said, you know what? I, too, need some sausage in my life. Joshua Fowler is hailing in from Michigan. Josh, how were your brats? They were good. They were, they were really good. I'm uh, very pleased with that choice. It was, it was the right call and, uh, mm. and that I- banger in the mouth. That showcase got me just perfectly in the mood for him as well. It's the way to is go. Is it safe to say that? Is it safe to say that from here on out, the rest of your night is going to be a slow downward spiral because nothing will ever top those bratwursts? <sighs> I mean, I'm going to try not to think about them. Well, while I, you know, <laughs> let the <laughs> night move on. But yeah, you're going to be sitting there looking at your empty plate. Just mm-hmm. staring off in the distance as I'm asking you a question. A little bit of drool just trickling. Part mm-hmm. of an onion falling onto your lap. Pick up the plate and lick off the little <laughs> spot of mustard that was still there. You won't be muted. It'll mm-hmm. sound like a cat licking <laughs> just, somebody's arm. Just squeaking arms, across. Just, just some yeah. good ASMR for the mm-hmm. end of the show. <laughs> oh, I hate AM- ASMR. That's the worst. I mean, that kind of goes with voice acting, I guess. Voice acting adjacent? I don't know. Interesting. It's interesting. But no, Josh, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) It is a sound. It is, you know, (laughs) that's one thing I want to talk about. I'm Shay. I'm here from Japan. I was listening to a podcast. um, 
I listen to this music podcast called Strong Songs. Um, been trying to kind of up my knowledge and game with music because I, music's been such a big part of my life. And he actually, uh, the host of that podcast, had an episode from another podcast, kind of like a sister podcast on his feed. And this episode was talking about the song uh, 434 from uh, John, I can't remember his name, an older composer that was famous in the this avant-garde composer from the 40s and 50s. And I don't know, have you guys ever heard of this song before? I can't say It's called 434. So this this song, and I say song kind of with some emphasis, is interesting because the first time it was performed, uh, it's it's very it's uh, very famous that the pianist came up or went up and sat down at the piano for um, to start oh, the song. Oh yeah, and he All closed right, I, I, the I piano lid. Yeah. Okay. And he sat he sat there for two minutes and thirty seconds in silence, kind of silence, and then. The next movement, he opened the case, and then he closed it again until 4.34, and then he left the stage. And it was such a controversial thing at the time because people were like, this is not music. But the point of what this composer was trying to do was make each and every person who hears this composition be a part of the song. Because the point of it is about... um kind of peace of mind and tranquility but also awareness um so often especially now in the 21st century we are inundated with all these different sounds these soundscapes it's almost impossible to exist in near complete silence in 2021 um which has more relevancy than the time that the song was written but um, the point of it was all the external sounds that you hear, any accidental or purposeful sound that you make is a part of the song and you are being a part of the composition. And each time this song is performed, it's different every time. So there are no two exact performances. And it was really interesting. And listening to this episode really kind of broadened my mind to some degree about what I consider music what i consider sound what i consider voice acting all of that um it's really kind of over the past 24 hours since i've heard it really reshaped the way i think about auditory sounds and whatnot so um i believe that show is called 20 20k watt i believe um i will put it in the show notes uh just kind of reference if you're interested in hearing Mm -hmm. something like that because it was super fascinating to me and i'm sure for other people out there like the guest I'm about to introduce it may be kind of something interesting as well but um soundscapes are always super interesting so anyways like tangent aside we're gonna talk <laughs> it might have been that too I don't know who knows <laughs> one, but, of, uh, one of the soundscapes you can hear my grandfather just being like pretentious <laughs> what a <laughs> bunch of bullshit get a load of this guy um, but no, uh, enough tangent aside, uh, we are here to talk about video games and I apologize for my tangent. I just wanted to share that cause I found it really fascinating yesterday, but today we are joined by a guest that we have never had on the show. I'm really excited. Um, I'm a big fan of his podcast. He does over at vision con. Uh, he talks to a lot of voice actors and actresses and, uh, both in anime and video gaming. We have with us today Mr. Zach Wilson. Hopefully that's your uh, I just realized I assumed it was Mr. I didn't I don't even know if it's Mr. But Zach, how are you doing today? <laughs> you nailed it. I'm doing great, guys. I'm super psyched to be here. Before we get things going though, I am gonna go off on a bit of a tangent myself because I You're stayed alive. quiet because I didn't know if I was supposed to talk before the intro. So I wanna reel back to uh three things. The first being <laughs> Josh, I gotta I wanna talk about those bratwursts because mm. we, we waited to um, start recording until after you were done eating them, so you no know, chewing was picked up in the audio. I mean, I totally respect that. Those bratwurst looked amazing, but you need to tell me where you got those onions, my man, because either they are the crunchiest fucking onions I have ever witnessed, <laughs> or your audio setup just like bass boosted those bad boys. But oh my god. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I bought them yesterday. Um, they're pretty pretty fresh, just just cut them up and i i like to generally leave them in pretty big chunks instead of like the really finely chopped onions oh okay i, I buy i buy pre-bought maybe that's my issue 
Hmm. Yeah, they kind of once. Yeah, yeah. Once once they're cut, they uh, you lose a lot more of the the liquid once they're once they're cut like that, which. You don't lose a lot of flavor that way, but they become a whole lot less crunchy. Um, that crunch is satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's I, I'm always like nervous to cut things like with a big knife because I have like the smallest hands known to man. So like mm. one false move and I'm like out three fingers. Yeah, especially <laughs> hard. You know, like onions, any anything round, like carrots or whatnot. Those can be a little trickier. You got to be careful with those. Well, tangent two, uh, day one of E3. I missed it because my life is uh, a total wild fest right now. So uh, give me the highlights. <laughs> All I know is uh, uh, Elden Ring finally got some gameplay trailer. I mean, it's yes. not for me, but I'm sure. Yes. It's a real game, can confirm. I was about to say, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure from software fanboys are going to love it. But well, what, what were some of the highlights good. of day one? I'm trying to think what what stuck out here. Um the the uh gato roboto folks are putting out a game that they are not putting out digitally anywhere uh special reserve is putting out this sort of uh indie shoot 'em up uh for switch that is only going to be available physical which is kind of wild um hasn't like happened a long time. shoot 'em up it's a new, it's a unique thing and they immediately got that website flooded within like 10 minutes uh just the way you'd expect them to is that the one that uh, is that the one that looks like I said looked like a mixture of old Legend of Zelda and Game Ground? Is that the one? Yeah, yes. that, uh, D- Demon Throttle is what it is called. Uh, yeah, it looks that one looked really pretty cool. awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. To, uh, Randy Pitchford really seemed to annoy Kevin Hart for a while. Uh, <laughs> I felt so bad for him. It was. Uh, but yeah. uh, I mean, so far it's a lot of really bite-sized. Um, presentations but i guess that's kind of what i was prepared for this year not not a whole lot on people's plates like a lot of them keeping it down to about a half an hour uh ubisoft unveiled a mario rabbit sequel which looks pretty good uh rabbit rosalina we stand for you (laughs) yeah i would say like if you want to get caught up watch the entire devolver showcase because that entire thing was hilarious from beginning to end um it was so well produced. And one of the other games, I don't, maybe Rich or Josh, you remember the title mm-hmm. of it, but it was this, um, you guys were talking about it, I believe there towards the end of the Devolt, not the Devolver one. Um, anyways, it's basically like these generated levels and you're playing against other players. And if you die, that's the, that's your only chance oh, to ever beat that the was, level. That um, was Fa- Phantom Abyss. So that's out later this month. Uh, yeah, the pitch of yeah procedurally, early access early this early, early access yeah. release. It's um procedurally generated dungeons, um and all the ghosts you see running in it are the ghosts of other players who died trying to finish it. But once one player completes a dungeon, that dungeon is sealed. They're the only person who can ever claim they have finished that one, and then a new uh, series of dungeons or I don't know however many will be live at once is released, but. It's one shot to beat it, and once somebody clears it, it's gone. Sounds like a game I'd love to watch, but like will never play because even though I love video games, I'm hot trash at them. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that in my bones, and I'm gonna tell myself Me that too. I'm gonna perform admirably at this, and I will never get anywhere with it. Because well, like it's when I, when I bought Returnal, I was like, why did I buy this game? I mean, it's a beautiful game, it's a fun game, but I'm hot garbage at it. I can't get past the first biome, let alone what there was like four or five biomes in that game. Ugh. Some yeah, something to that to that tune, f- five or six maybe, something like that. Okay, but so, my third yeah. tangent, then we'll like actually talk about the topic. <laughs> Shay, you kind of caught me off guard, maybe even with my pants down, because when I <laughs> agreed to come on the show, you know, I thought it was you know just gonna be you know jovial time with you know a few dick jokes thrown in every now and again. But then when you started going off that pretty scholarly conversation about music, I was like, whoa, all right. I mean, I'm I'm down with it, but. Uh... <laughs> Glad I could drag yeah, it back down for you at the end there. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I, I am probably, I have probably the most juvenile humor here between the three of us. I will laugh at poop and pee jokes all day. But there are moments too, like, 
I think I'm probably undiagnosed ADHD. I don't know. Who knows? But um, my brain will like just fixate on something. And then even if it's serious and it doesn't fit the mood of the conversation, I'll fixate on it. And then I'm immediately ready to go back into poop and dick jokes. So that's just kind of how my brain works. Um, Who does have diagnosed ADHD. Yeah, you might want to maybe get a diagnosed. (laughs) She can know what's going on there. I know what's going on. I know what you're throwing down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but, uh, but no, it was a really fascinating concept. Like it caught me off guard too, dude. Like I, I was just listening. I was cleaning yesterday, listening, and then that episode came on, and suddenly, like I was about to leave my apartment because I had to go to a meeting, and I'm just sitting there listening to it. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, "Well, we're gonna have you perform your own now." And then so I'm walking down the street, and the podcast is playing. And the composition, the song is actually playing, if you consider it a song, as I was walking down the street. And I was like, this is interesting. And then I took my headphones off, which I never do in the city because uh, it's always too noisy. And I just listened to all the sounds as I was going on the train, transferring trains, listening to Japanese people talk, trying to catch words and stuff. It's something I haven't done for quite some time. And it was kind of nice. And it, it, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do this more often because then maybe I'll hear hmm. Japanese dick jokes. <laughs> I don't know what it says about me that when you like tell a story like that, and I can fully appreciate for what they're trying to go for, but then at the end of it, like I'd fully hear anyone out telling that, and then be like, "All right, but come on, that's bullshit, right?" <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just more gullible. Who knows? Hmm. I just like thinking everyone is a troll. Life is a cruel joke. Who knows? But let's get into the topic of the show. I'm really excited. I've been wanting to talk about this uh, for a little while now. Uh, a little behind the scenes look. We've been trying to get Zach on the show for a little bit. Time zones are such a bitch and just haven't lined up. Um, and we, we've we been itching to talk about this, so I'm excited for us to finally get into it. And I think it's a really interesting topic as we continue to progress into 2021 and beyond because now more than ever... Um, Voice acting is such an important thing in gaming. And 20 years ago, uh, that was just starting to become prominent. We can think about some of the first examples, not the first example. But one of the first examples that comes to mind for me is Final Fantasy X. And how that was one of the first games that I truly remember being into the voice acting and it being so important for me um, in my experience of playing that game. Uh, Remembering the voices of Oren and Riku and Titus and Yuna and everybody in the game was just so important for me. And now it's not, it's not, uh, it's very commonplace is what I'm trying to say to that games have voice acting and it can be a very important aspect of whether it makes or breaks the game for some people. Um, for example, Maneater last year was narrated by Chris Parshall, Chris Parshall, Chris Parshall, Chris Parnell, Chris Parnell. Got it. And um, that that was probably the hot, the best part of playing Maneater last year was him narrating the game. And so the voice acting and the excellency of those voice actors and actresses can really, really, really be such a, an important facet. So it's something that we have never talked about. And um, I think it's really important to talk about uh, going into the rest of this year as you know, some big, big name games are being dropped, have recently been dropped and uh, are going to continue to drop. So, Zach, I, I kind of want to throw it to you first. I mean, I so you have interviewed a lot of voice actors and actresses on your podcast. Um, and to you, what makes a, a voice acting performance excellent? And you can take that in any direction that you want. Feel to feel free to be as general or specific as you feel is necessary. All right, well, here we go. Well, first off, we kind of got off on a little tangent, so allow me to reintroduce myself, ladies and gentlemen, and my name is Zach Wilson. I am the MCN host of VisionCon, uh, Southwest Missouri's premier Comic-Con. For It's been around for almost uh, over 30 years now. I jumped on about the last two or three, but I'm also the host of their celebrity talk show and podcast, VisionCon Live, which is what Shay was referring to, which a lot of the guests that I've been on uh, were famous voice actors. And so, yes, I've interviewed a lot of voice actors and actresses 
over the years, and so I've compiled a fair understanding, as much as one can be without actually being a voice actor, about what makes a good voice acting performance and how you can be successful in the voice acting industry. And I've narrowed it down to about three key things Obviously, I'm painting with a broad brush here, but the th these three core things have been reiterated to me by a lot of the guests, so I assume they're pretty important. Now, the first one that I've kind of rationalized, and it's one that kind of comes to no surprise, is the actual performance itself. You know, you have to have a compelling performance, obviously, but I find that that, in order to prosper in the voice acting kind of industry, especially in video games, uh, you need to fall under two sort of subcategories. Now, you could fall into the one subcategory. I would call it the Megan Hollingshead, who's a dear friend of mine as well. I'm lucky to say that. Or Bob Bergen. Where, versus these people can do really any voice. They can voice, if it's an antagonist, you believe that that is an antagonist. If they want to do a protagonist, you know that they are the hero of the story. They can alter the voice how they need to and really do what the voice director is looking for. Or you can fall into the Lucy Christian category, whereas you really only do one voice, but God damn it, do you do that voice better than anybody? <laughs> That's awesome. But the performance itself is obviously the most important part of it, but there's two other key factors that I think get lost on a lot of people, and if there's anybody that is listening to this podcast right now and maybe wants to get in the industry, these are two things that you want to nail down once you get the performance down, Pat. Now, the second thing is you need to be easy to work with, because I didn't realize this <clears throat> uh, until we've done so many episodes of this podcast, or of the podcast VisionCon Live, but being easy to work with means more than you think, especially in the voice acting industry, because if you're with these people, whether it be just a couple hours or weeks on end, and if you're not easy to work with, I mean, they're not going to want to work with you to the point that even if you're the better actor, you might get snubbed just because you're an absolute terror to work with. So that's something that you should probably uh, focus on. Then the last thing is you need to be good at taking direction, which I think is what a lot of, I think, beginner voice actors probably fall flat on. Because what you ultimately need to do, and like if you're a hollowed name, you could probably have some, you know, a little bit more say in the overall production. But the voice director of a video game generally knows what they're looking for. And if you can't give that to them, you need to leave. So you need to do your very best to give the voice director what they want and listen to what they say. And you know, I think that ultimately makes the best voice acting is being able to follow orders. Because even though, let's say I have a phenomenal voice, which we all know I don't, but let's pretend for a minute that I do. I could do that voice all day long, but if it's not what the voice director is looking for for this particular character, I mean, it's going to sound like dog shit. Yeah, it, it, to me, that kind of sounds like um, I, I'm a big fan and advocate of NBA basketball, and you could be an incredibly talented player, but uh, there's a player, uh, his name is Kyrie Irving. He's a very incredibly talented player, but he's been notorious um, in recent years for being very difficult to work with, very moody. And um, it kind of prevents him from being touted as one of the top players in the NBA. Like, his skill is there. He's he's the best people have ever seen at one or two skills, but he's barred from being considered one of the elite players because um, of his moodiness and his unwillingness to work with people. And it, it comes out sometimes even when he's been working with certain coaches and he just does what he wants and there's a lack of synergy there. Um, and, and it kind of reminds me of that as well of, for example, like an NBA team where you could have all the talent in the world, but if it doesn't mesh together, it doesn't matter because that magic isn't there, that teamwork isn't there. And that's kind of what it sounds like to me. And it's something that, yeah, you you could have all the talent in the world, but if it's not exactly what the game calls for, what the the 
particular moment the experience calls for, it's not necessarily your fault. It just, it isn't what they're looking for. And yeah, I, I can imagine as being someone who is a, being a budding or who is a budding voice actor who's wanting to entrench themselves in the industry, that can be a tough pill to swallow because, of course, we all want to be competent and proficient and at anything and everything we do. Um, we want to be more than enough for any situation that calls for it, but sometimes we aren't or our skills aren't what is called for. So that's interesting, and it makes a lot of sense, like, you, you know, kind of hearing you vocalize that. Um, well, and raw talent is uh, only going to get you so far, too, because voice acting and acting, I mean, they're two sides of the same coin. So if you just think you have a great voice or can do like a million voices, I mean, that's great. But if you don't hone that talent and make it into a skill that you could actually make marketable to yourself, I mean, you're not going to go far in that industry, which is why a lot of the guests that we have on really double down on the fact that you need to take acting classes. Like, yes, voice acting classes specifically will help too, but if you don't have a background in acting, you know, maybe you did it in high school or college, you need to kind of fill up that deficit by taking these acting classes because, I mean, like I said, voice acting and acting are two sides of the same coin, and so you really both of those skills really overlap with one another. So if you want to prosper in one, it would be who of you, who of you to kind of bolster your skills in the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. You know, I, I did some acting in high school and um, I'm going to throw it to you here in a second, Rich. Uh, I wanted to make one quick point that I, Zach, you made a really interesting correlation to like, you could have all the voices in your arsenal. Um, one of the things I think is always really important for me when it comes to voice acting is believability. Uh, even if you're incredibly talented and I hear that and I see that um, in the experiences that I'm having, I think that's so important because I think about someone like Robin Williams who had all of these different voices in his arsenal and his disposal. And um, it was, it was part of it was because of the comedy of it, but also is because it was so believable uh, you think about Aladdin, his performance in Aladdin where like he had all the comedic segments, but you think about the moment too, where Aladdin finally freed him from the, the magic lamp and you could just hear the, the believability, the raw emotion in his voice. And I think that's such an in integral part of the experience. Even when you're playing a video game, uh, rich, like I said, you had some acting perform or not perform some acting experience as well in high school um what do you think about this topic like is i mean obviously zach and i have said a lot of things where where, where do you see this like is, are you in the same boat as we is there something that you think is a little bit more important i i i think i'm gonna be honest i never gave it too much thought up everything zach is saying makes perfect sense to me like number one i think an easy rule for pretty much anything you do should be like don't be a dick if you're a dick people are not going to want to work with you uh, they're not going to want you back if you are cooperative and willing to you know listen and get along well with people you're going to go further in any industry um that just makes perfect sense to me and one thing i was kind of thinking about as you guys were talking is when, when you think about like household names and um, Zach was talking about just that, like, taking direction from, you know, the uh, the people who are leading the project. Y you can get to a point, I feel like, when you're really good at that, when you become, like, in using video games as an example, like the Troy Bakers of the world. Like, when people want Troy Baker, it's because they're asking for Troy Baker. Um, and he got there from being able to craft voices around what these directors were looking for. Um, and that... Yeah, I, I totally get that being a, a huge important part of it. I, I you know, my, my limited high school fucking acting stuff, I was never going to commit to that. But it's always good fun. But it's, Same. it's just incredible, yeah, to see what people, not even just changing their voices, but simple things like tone and people who can just fucking command a room with their voice. Like, I know um, you had asked me about, like, uh, performances that stood out to me over the years uh, earlier in the week, Shay. And I said Armin Shimmerman um, as Andrew Ryan in, in the original Bioshock. Like, yeah. a dude who mostly just monologued. Like, he's he's an incredible talent. But these, like, 
five minute monologues from that game still stick in my head to this day because he is just such a commanding presence and performance yeah yeah that's a really good point like i think about granted he's made his name in theater and um movies and tv shows but patrick stewart doing voices in both oblivion and my memory of us have still stuck with me all these years partially because i love star trek so much but also because that man has such a distinct voice and granted i think the director's like hey just come do patrick stewart things but come be still, patrick stewart I mean, for an hour and a half yeah but still the fact that his voice is so instantly recognizable and he knows exactly how to deliver a line and that that comes so much from his theater performances and his his time doing theater in his mm-hmm. earlier years um i think that kind of speaks to the training as well of what zach is saying to be um taking acting classes to be taking them really is informative and i think imperative in a lot of people's cases i don't think you have to take those classes um to be proficient at it but for the average person it's going to benefit you a whole lot but um josh i want to open the conversation up to you um do do you have any like big thoughts about what we said or is there like another direction that you view this kind of question um i mean i i again kind of agree with what we've said so far, I'm, I'm trying to think of a different direction, kind of take it on so we're not retreading the same ground too many times. Yeah, well, I mean, um, you could get super specific if you uh, want. We've been kind of broad. We've been doing broad strokes. Painting with a broad brush. Yes. Yeah, the, like you said, I, I, I think a lot of the kind of the, the great performances in games have been whenever... I think in kind of some of this is building off of the ability to take direction uh, notes that we, you know, we're talking about earlier, but when the characters are just inseparable from the voice in, in a lot of cases where, um, I mean, we've seen this more lately with, um, for example, like the last of us where Troy Baker isn't, just voice acting he's acting acting with it and in order to get both of those aspects of the character to be completely on point um oh so you're talking about like motion capture along with the voice acting well that in some cases or in some other cases just um putting your body into the performance even in the sound booth i a lot of people like you, you see videos of that and stuff and, and i think obviously there's something to that and like zach said having that acting background i can imagine helps yeah. you put yourself into that moment well i would i would argue it helps maybe even more that you have an acting background because you know like i've said ad nauseum at this point voice acting and acting two sides of the same coin case totally, totally with and i know i might be I don't know. I'm either preaching to the crap, preaching to the choir here, or making a polarizing statement. But uh, Final Fantasy VII remakes uh, core cast. I mean, there were some outlier side characters that were like famous voice actors specifically, but like Cloud, Sephiroth, and I also believe Tifa and Aerith. Though, don't quote me on that. Uh, they actually weren't very well-known voice actors, but they had an extensive. Um, resume in just plain acting and so i think that in and of itself might be an indicator that you know if you have an acting background you know you would have a higher chance of being a successful voice actor as well versus just somebody who hey i can do a bunch of fun voices cast me yeah i think i think yeah, they, they kind of serve different purposes uh in a lot of situations um i mean if someone's doing like a really cartoony you know, Hanna-Barbera style art style or something, there's only so much reference acting they're going to need from you to kind of get the, the idea um, there. But um, yeah, I, I like, I think it, it like, it even helps whenever they know who the voice is going to be early on in production, because I've seen in a few cases where character designs will shift in order to make it more believable. The voice, the, the voice is coming yeah. out of this character. Uh, in some situations uh and that just it just really helps to make it just um 
resonate in a you know more believable sense yeah absolutely absolutely i want to throw it right back to you josh um what is over the recent years what has probably been one of your favorite not necessarily the number one the best or anything like that just one of your favorite voice acting performances within recent memory i mean it can it can go all the way back as like 20 years so it's not a really big deal that it needs to be like within the past few years or anything like that just what is one performance that always sticks out for you and why um i mean we kind of because of a lot of reasons we've already talked about it, but, but being flexible, kind of playing to the role you're given. Um, yeah. Jennifer Hale in the Mass Effect games is just outstanding because you have to play a character who is as flexible in in the narrative of that game. You You have to be able to play everything from, you know, the the lawful goodest of lawful good to chaotic, chaotic evil and have it still feel like this is the same Legitimate. person um, based on the direction you're able to go because that story is such an open-ended um, choice of, of, of lines that they give you right in uh, all these um, you know all, all the all the different scenes in that game and it's just done expertly from start to finish. Um, Femshep yeah. is one yeah, of absolutely. the most memorable characters in huge part due to how she's acted. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. I, I, it's it's so hard to pick just one character from that that trilogy as well because everybody did such a phenomenal job in that it's series. Really easy, Morden Solis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also a phenomenal job. Um, Rich, what is one performance that has stuck out in your mind um, while talking about this or thinking about this topic? Um, yeah, I mean, the easy one I, I mentioned before, the Armin Shimmerman thing, but another one that has actually come to my mind as we were talking here, and I'm going to hop on the, the train Zach started for me just talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, Don't you fucking say Roach, Rich. Do not, not fucking say that. God, I, will, I, I will that turn this podcast off. That would have been amazing. Shit, just, he really changed the story off. for me, you know? Um, John Bentley's performance as Barrett is... Mm. He just, like, stepped out of my head from a child and, like, encapsulated, like, the, like, sort of, I guess, loud but like still coherent and like you totally understand everything he's saying, but he's just overly aggressive and loud in all the right ways um, that I, he just captures what Barrett should have been to me. You know, what's funny about that too, is didn't he have to re-record some of that shit because uh, fans were complaining that it like the way his voice originally was, was too much of like it, it an was, appropriation. No, it was recast. He was originally, uh... oh, it was recast. Excuse me. Oh, what's his name? My mind is Jet from Cowboy Bebop, and he, he, he no narrated Ice Road Truckers and Bo Billingsley. That's it. Thank you. I, he uh, in like the first few trailers, I think he voiced Barrett, um, and then they recast mm. that role. And also, I mean, uh, which isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying that. No, it's no, cool it's, that they were still able to get it right. Because Bo Billingsley uh, voiced Barrett in. Um, he voiced him in Dirge of Cerberus and uh, Advent mm-hmm. Children's Final Fantasy VII movie, mm-hmm. which is why I was I was a little surprised that uh, I say a little actually I was majorly surprised that they didn't just go with the voices that were already kind of established for these characters because the mm-hmm. original Final Fantasy VII obviously did not have any voice acting because voice acting wasn't really a thing back then, but uh, at least not to the degree that it is now. But for Advent Children, not that it was the norm, yeah. Yeah, Dirge of, Cer- Dirge of Cerberus and uh, some of the characters were in uh, Crisis Core. Yeah. I mean, those were all voiced. And so I was surprised when I found out that they didn't keep any of the original voice actors from those with the remake. Not, I mean, I think they did a good job. I was just shocked. All of them work really well, yeah. I guess they just wanted to toss out Advent Children, the giant two-hour phone ad they made with Advent Children. Um, well, <laughs> even kind of in retrospect, it makes more sense that they did recast a lot of that with some of the you know narrative changes yeah like i don't i'm 
don't want to make this a spoiler cast, but uh, it no go go right anyway. Ahead. It, it makes I sense that they would this have recast those characters because it's it, kind of got it's got some like alternate take on the story type vibes to it. Not like it's you know just retelling the exact same story. So yeah. So you think maybe uh, when part two drops, uh, you know who might make it this time? That's we had a we did a spoiler cast for that game and like when I tell you we sat here the the few weeks when that game came out we probably <laughs> have like six hours of content of us talking about Final Fantasy VII remake and like a solid hour of us just yelling about the ending. Uh, <laughs> That's true. There there were thoughts, just yeah. so much thoughts that when were... I finished intermission, I had to send them all messages to be like, hey, the ending's like ten minutes longer now. <laughs> It is. I was. I was so. Yeah. See, I, I haven't watched because uh, I just started playing it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Final Fantasy VII, my favorite game of all time. So when remake came out, obviously You're in good. Good company here. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! But then when I found out via a YouTube thumbnail that I guess they uh, updated the ending of part one of Final Fantasy VII remake, I was like, just so you know, that ending plays when you beat the Yuffie DLC. You don't have to fully beat the uh game again to see it okay all right so only when i play the yuki deals okay all right well i bought it because i already had i didn't buy integrate i just updated my ps4 version to the ps5 version and then i just mm-hmm. bought you dlc same so yeah play Yuffie's dlc but um i will i will say and i'm going to take my earrings off and my rings off before i start this debacle Uh-oh. it's gonna start a fight so uh what was that that i heard you say about roche <laughs> finally somebody's roche on my side terrible Roche is terrible. Awesome. I hate him. What are you talking about? I am so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. He's fun. <laughs> he, adds, <laughs> he adds a lot of jovial nature to get. I hope he's in part two. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you 100%. My <laughs> argument was that motorbike chase sequence, it was like the most anime man on the planet just dropped right into the plot of Final Fantasy VII. And then that boss fight, like, in uh, the... Uh, shinra base like are you kidding me that was awesome there you you'll be proud to know uh roach has a brief but amazing presence in the yuffie dlc (laughs) this is my worst nightmare (laughs) (laughs) oh zach you're biased because you've worked uh on on three separate occasions with the voice actor for him but i would say okay but no because he's a genuinely great character Oh, no. Some of like, the, he, he got to deliver some of the best lines out of Roach's mouth in this in this uh, expansion. Yeah. Oh my god. Let's take it to the red line. Oh my god. <laughs> Can't like. Ugh. Love it. Hundred <sighs> percent. If he's not in part two, I will be the first to raise arms. I I'll be right there with you because it feels ridiculous. That dude. He's not gonna let what happened to him stand. He's going after Cloud, man. There's a reason he was alive. Spoiler, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> For, yeah, it's right. Geralt's horse is in Final Fantasy VII Remake, and he's alive. <laughs> Gotta bring that joke back one year later, Rich. Exactly. It's never the anniversary. <laughs> well, let's shift from that, please. <laughs> please, let's shift from that. <laughs> Zach, what was one of your uh, more memorable or favorite uh, voice acting uh, experiences in video games. So love him or hate him, I think mm. the voice, and because it was mm. so fitting of the character, and there's a lot of different characters like I could pick for this, but I would have to say that the Sora from Kingdom Hearts, that is the perfect voice for that character. I mean, yes, yes it can be his overall optimism can get grady sometimes. And, like, the shrill of his voice during certain situations, sure. But that, that voice is what I expected. When I saw that character on the box art when I first bought the game back wow, some on years ago, because uh, I was a little late to the Kingdom Hearts um, party. I, it had been out about three to four years before I picked it up. But so when I picked up, when I bought it at, like, a GameStop or something, I looked at that box, and, like, looking back, if any other voice came out of that character, I would say it was probably a bad voice director decision, but it just perfectly encapsulates wh- who that character is and kind of the character's personality. W- was it Haley Joel Osment the whole way through? Was he? It was, in three as well. 
unless it was at least for the main games and like the mobile games now if you want to mobile being like 3ds and whatnot now mm-hmm. i don't know if there's like some because i've played and beaten almost all of the games save for i believe three five eight over two um but uh all, yeah thank you <laughs> but for all the other games i believe it was ailey joel osmond either that or they found a voice match for him that is just it was close on. enough yeah yeah but I believe it was just Haley Joel Osment the whole way around. Haley Joel Osment, little little known fact, first appearance in a commercial for Pizza Hut. That brings him all the way back. That was when Reggie Fisame was the working for Pizza Hut. So you know that's really where his, his video game <laughs> chronology starts. <laughs> hey, that's I I don't think there's anything wrong with that because when I thought about this question, I almost put uh I almost said the voice actor of Titus. And I know that would be very controversial because a lot of people make fun of him. But, I mean, it's for the same reason like you kind of said about Sora. So I, I can't disagree with you at all about Sora, even though I don't have a ton of experience with Kingdom Hearts. I have some. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Um, I think... Oh, Outside of that, like, abysmal, like, laughing scene with him and Yuna, like, which I think we can all admit was pretty cringy. Other than that, though, Ty- the voice actor for Titus, which, forgive Is me, it- I don't... No, yeah, I don't know his name off my head. I'll give his name while we're talking about it. Yeah, it did a phenomenal performance, and I'll also give them credit with the fact that that was around the time that voice acting started to blow up. Because before then, you know, it would you'd find it, that was the PS2 era. Like voice acting was kind of beginning to catch, you know, to rise in popularity as like a medium to tell story, but. I would say Final Fantasy X, like you said, Shay, was one of the big indicators of, oh, wow, this voice acting for video games is actually... There might be something to this. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. And I think for what it's worth, with it being an early pioneer for it, Final Fantasy X's casting direction was... Real solid. Mm-hmm. And it was James Arnold yeah. Taylor, who is actually also the voice of Ratchet. No wow. shit! That was James yeah. Arnold Taylor? God, that dude's... Bob. That, that dude's... Yeah, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, talented, talented, and and a workhorse, as far as I can tell, Pro- looking at his filmography. Yeah, he's also Obi One from uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah, man, that's yeah. He was almost my choice, but I actually wanted to go with a more recent choice from a game hmm. that I really enjoyed last year. I went with Earl T. Kim, who voiced uh, Norio from Ghost of Tsushima, because um, I really I. I think it's no surprise to the other two guys. I absolutely adored that game. It was a it was a revelation for me. I, it was a game that I expected to moderately enjoy, and I fell in love with that game. I still think about it all the time. And um, Norio was my favorite character from that game, and a lot of it had to do with the voice acting performance because um, for those of you who haven't played Ghost of Tsushima, he was a uh, he was a battle monk. Um, he was a Buddhist monk. And he was a part of a sect of Buddhist monks who weren't against fighting for their heritage, for their land, so on and so forth. And so when Tsushima Island is um, overrun with the Mongols in that game, um, he's a character who has to go on a crusade to find and rescue his brother and his fellow uh, brotherhood. And he's this guy who's very centered at the very beginning of meeting him and he's a very tranquil person and where that story goes, which I won't spoil here um, has the performance going in a very, very primal direction. And he shows a wide range of emotion in his, um, in his acting performance. And honestly, for me, it was all believable. And that was the, that was the biggest factor for me is that his performance was so exquisite that I was drawn into the world. And I believed that this character while I was playing this game existed. Um, it's such a phenomenal performance. And uh, the, the actor himself, Earl T. Kim there, um, there are videos online of him reacting to playing the game and seeing his voice in the game, much like Aerith's uh, actress uh, when she was streaming and heard her voice in final fantasy for the first time as well. Uh, those moments are always beautiful. It's got to be um, such a surreal like thing to be like, hey, like, yeah, obviously I was at work every day doing this, but it's like it's done. It's released into the world and people are seeing it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine that. But 
Um, that was my example, and that's actually that's going to lead us into the the uh, some of the listener comments from Instagram because I posed it. Um, not quite the question that we discussed, but who do you think has given a wonderful voice acting performance in video gaming? Um, I asked the uh, Swordchomp Instagram if you're ever interested in commenting on those posts, being a part of the topic. Every Thursday at Swordchomp on the Instagram, uh, feel free to view the topic and leave a comment and we will try and read as many of them on the show so i'm going to read some of these to you guys and if you have a strong opinion about it one way or the other yeah just feel free to jump in with a comment tawny s uh our good buddy tawny said sam witwer as deacon saint john in days gone that might just be the best damn performance of the last couple of years for me and I couldn't agree with him more. That guy did a phenomenal job both in his motion capture and his voice acting. Even though it's uh, it's it's a very typical story, um, his performance was awesome, especially for me in playing some of those side missions where you are um, working with other factions. He did a phenomenal job. For a game that was fairly and... Forgive me if I'm if this is my hill to die on, but for a game that was fairly unremarkable, I will admit that Sam Whitworth's performance was stellar and arguably the best part of that game. Zach, every opinion you have, yeah. you, you, no. are, you and I are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> every time you open your mouth, it's just it's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, like. Rich and I have talked about that game a lot. It does some really amazing things. I think the hordes were awesome. I think uh, having some zombie animals was awesome. The the bike motorcycle being its own character was awesome. I also feel like a lot of there's a lot of potential left on the table um, where they could have expanded upon a lot of things. So it had cool ideas. I still think it's an incredible game. If it had come out before Dying Light, I would say I would probably have been more impressed. That's fair. It hit me in my zombie fatigue. There you go. I, I will. I will say that the hordes were pretty cool. I'll, I'll. I'll lay down my arms for that one. All the tech is cool for sure. Yeah. Hey, middle ground. Middle ground is what where we need to be. That's all we need. <laughs> A core in space. Another good buddy of ours said the best one who wasn't pictured. Ashley Birch, voice actor of the decade. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I yeah. will. That'll phenomenal be phenomenal talent. Kills I would gladly die on. Yeah, she has become such a flexible voice actor over the years. It's been really fun to watch. Um, yeah, like every now and then, like I'll be listening, you know, to a game and hear her in something, and it's it's so different from the usual voice I'm expecting, but it's still just so remarkably fitting that it's 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 really impressive you can always tell it, it's her but like like you said she's not one of those people that's just like she's got a voice she does like she can tailor fit a character in, in amazing ways yeah 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 and i think she's gotten just stronger through the years yeah uh mr j powers 83 said brian bloom doing bj blaskowitz's voice and i i loved it because i agree with him but i also chuckled at that one just because of um just like killing nazis <laughs> well that that was part of it uh <laughs> rich i don't know if you ever heard the show and zach you probably never heard the show years back when we did a game of the year show we introduced the topic of uh who had the best haircut in video gaming as kind of like a joke way to give uh, an award and uh josh brilliantly said bj blaskowitz as he got his head chopped off um in <laughs> wolfenstein and so every time i think of bj blaskowitz i think about that amazing moment and yeah, i think history. about him winning best haircut that year i yeah that that was a great hair i think about that haircut all the time <laughs> that is a stellar joke sometimes but... i wish i could have that haircut <laughs> But, like, the lead-up to that joke, I was, like, trying to wonder where you were going with that because I thought you were just gonna, like, about to make the argument to me that B.J. Blaskowitz, who looks like, I mean, with all due respect, he's got the same haircut that most every white guy has. I was thinking you were going to make the argument as to why that is the best haircut. There's a reason everybody's got it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jay Truis, Truis, Truis said, Yuri Lowenthal in Spider-Man. Now, I can't really talk oh, about yeah. this one, but I'm sure you guys can. 
he did well. Um, hmm. I, I will say, being a big Naruto fan, it's Naruto is my favorite anime of all time. It was hard, and this is probably more my problem than his performance, but I could not separate his Spider-Man from Sasuke from Naruto. Mm. Mm. He, uh, I'm never going to unhear that now. <laughs> well, I yeah. think it's unfair because it's just the fact that Naruto like hits me where I live. And it's so, where you know yeah. so much of that, that I, actor yeah. from. Because, well, but I've heard him in other roles and like, he sounds nothing like Sasuke and his natural voice doesn't really sound like Sasuke. So I feel like I'm not totally off base that it's just like a cheerer, more upbeat Sasuke voice. There's some bleed over in, in between those two roles. There's definitely some bleed over. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like I really like it and it didn't diminish my enjoyment of the game by any means. It was just something that like I could not entirely separate. I think it's like the same mm-hmm. thing as, and the actor I always use an example of this is there's so many ac- certain actors I think that like blow up past their roles where I can no longer like enjoy them in a character performance anymore. Like people t- like Will Smith is obviously a tremendous actor, but anytime I see Will Smith in anything, I can't like get, but they're like, I don't know what the name of his character is. That's Will Smith, man. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's true. That's a good point. Um, What's his? Sorry, I I was trying to look at his name. I couldn't read his name. Cade Onger, Onder. I don't know why I struggled with that one. Cade Onder said Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan and Rob Wheatoff in Red Dead. Um, I'd absolutely agree with Roger Clark. Um, you know, I have my own opinions about Red Dead Two itself. I think I think it is a great game. I think that it's very 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 long in the tooth and slow paced. But Roger Clark's performances. Second oh, yeah, there's no game. denying that, that he's like a, a hell of a performance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That uh, that character is just ridiculously solid um, just throughout. It's 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 someone that even even if I'm not a huge fan of the game either, you just you feel like you are Arthur Morgan. He's he's so good in that role. It makes you want to role play as a cowboy just because of that voice. It is. I think part yep. of how strong he is actually bleeds into the things that I didn't like about Red Dead 2 because it was hard to like play the game the way I wanted to play it because he's such a strong character that I'm like, Arthur Morgan wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal in that role. My opinion on the game isn't too favorable just because I don't... I think I was, it was an uphill battle for me because it just isn't the sort of game that I'm typically into. But his performance itself, very compelling. I never thought a cowboy would make me feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coincidentally, that's what Jake Gyllenhaal said in Brokeback Mountain. Uh, <laughs> I got it. That's a good one. He made me He made me take my hat off while playing. I'd be like, oh, well, shucks, mister. <laughs> <laughs> Tip of the hat to you. No, yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that, Zach. Uh, Mikey34 said Jennifer Hale. She's a favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel you cannot objectively make an argument against Jennifer Hale. Yeah. There, yeah, there's no leg yeah. to stand on there. Just give me an example of her doing nope. a bad job. I challenge you. Yep. Uh, Jack Marshall RHS said basically anyone in the Mass Effect trilogy. Not much, not much more to say there. Hundred percent agree. This is the last one, and this is my favorite comment. I know I'm probably not supposed to pick favorites, but I love this comment. <laughs> Revenant thing said, swiping through the pictures, I'm like, hey, it's that streamer I follow. Hey, it's that voice of Diane in Seven Deadly Sins. Hey, it's Principal Snyder from Buffy. Wait, what's the topic now? Anyway, I think if a voice actor can make me forget even for a second that I'm playing a video game and just draw me into a scene, that's a great performance. So many actors sound so awkward and stiff that it's such a delight to find an actor who can draw me in so easily. There's obviously so many obvious and iconic performances to mention, but to answer the question more directly, while it may not be a performance that will blow your socks off, I was really surprised by Max Middleman's take on Red 13 and Final Fantasy VII Remake. I didn't know what to expect vocally from that character, but there was something in his voice that sounded so wise and put me at ease instantly. 
Crazy to think it's the same guy who plays Ryuji in Persona 5 and One Punch Man, if anyone has seen that show. And, you know, like, that comment Mm. was awesome because I was like, you know, I didn't even think about that. Like, of course, it was amazing at the time, but I didn't truly think about the impact of we had never heard. Well, granted, we had heard Red 13's voice in Advent Children, but to hear it in a video game is a lot different, I think, for me. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really fascinating to think about that because obviously how, how would you imagine that character's voice? You know, I, I, 20 years ago, I couldn't have told you how I imagined it. So yeah, I really like that comment a lot. So who, who made that comment? Sorry. Revenant things, I believe. Okay. Revenant things. I don't know your, uh, preferred pronouns, but drinks are on me, bud. Cause that, <laughs> because you're absolutely right. And Max mm-hmm. Middleman nailed that character that was the character like like i was saying when i found out that none of the original voice actors or the the established voice actors for these characters were returning i was red 13 was one of the ones that i was uh, the most apprehensive about because i feel to nail red 13 is a very hard it's a very tall order and one that i think the person who had done it in advent children and dirge of cerberus um did well but once I heard Max Middleman, who, and especially when I saw Max Middleman voice of Ryuji, it was going to be cast. I was like, Ew. but once <laughs> I heard certainly it, not doing Ryuji there, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still he fingers crossed yeah. um, that we get the right 50 year old Scottish man to do uh kite sheath. I'm going to continue to pronounce it correctly to bother people. <laughs> I'll be interested in who yeah. voices. Yeah. I, Kite Seath is definitely the the uh, the uh, one that I will be looking at the most. Yeah, that's going to be a an interesting choice, and I am, oh, will always stand by that Advent Children choice to be like, what if that cat was just very Scottish? <laughs> I loved that. Yep, yep. But I mean, I think that pretty much wraps up the topic. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we close it? Nothing big for me. I, good conversation, but I, I think I, I covered all the bases I wanted to. I mean, I think that it's a very – it's an industry that I think will continue to grow, especially that now that video games and anime are so central in pop culture to the, for, to the point that I would argue it is definitely mainstream now, especially sure. with COVID happening. You know, a lot of people that hadn't gotten into anime now are or had a lot of time to actually play the video games that they had on the back burner for a while. I think this industry is one that you should keep an eye on. And if it's one that you want to actually get into, definitely, definitely, if nothing else, get some acting classes and don't be a dick to your coworkers. <laughs> Sound advice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, simple advice. Um, so I want to say thank you very much, Zach, for being here. Seriously, thank you for taking the time out of your day and working out the time zones that... Uh, still plague me to this day but um if anyone is interested in uh seeing more of your work or getting in touch with you how can they get in touch with you or check out your work yeah for sure um it'll be uh zach binks which i believe give me one sec to look at my own username uh zach (laughs) on instagram which is uh z-a-c-k underscore b-i-n-x rather and on Twitter, it's, oh man, I should have, okay. Uh, it's going to be Z-A-C-K underscore B-I-N-X-S. And then if you want to check out my work for VisionCon, just go to YouTube.com and look up VisionCon on YouTube or VisionCon TV on Spotify. And it has been a blast being on here, guys. I've been a fan of your guys's for quite some time now, so it was great to actually be on the show. You guys Thanks. are amazing, so thank you again. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, no, like, w- yeah, we're definitely going to have you back. So I know you had mentioned it before the show. We're th- we'll definitely have you back. Like when it's, when it's a topic that or not necessarily even a topic that we find fitting, but if there's a game that you're like, man, um, I'd really love to talk about this game with you guys. Just let us know. And it's yeah. m- mark your calendar to, to talk about uh, FF seven remake part two in like three years. that far in the future but thank you so much for being here zach i also want to say thank you to rich thank you for being here from new york josh i love you buddy thank you for being here from michigan 
and eating those bratwursts all sexy like before the show. Um, the video of that is premium <laughs> content. Don't forget to hit up Patreon. Uh, that's the Josh will eat a bratwurst naked on OnlyFans, um, which we don't have. But if you ask for it, maybe he'll start it. Maybe maybe that'll happen if that's a thing somebody wants. Who knows? Maybe the, yeah, maybe there's yeah. an audience for that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. But um, one last thing, if you want to check out all the other stuff we do, just head over to swordchomp.com. I'm not going to run through the massive list of stuff we do. Just head over there. There's a lot of stuff you can get into, like other podcasts, merch, Patreon, all that stuff. Um, And my name is Shay. Thank you for letting me be your host for this episode. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Chompcast. Thank you so much. Be your best and take care.